and so on. Why? Because they, they say that there are those that are out there. You know, a high percentage of people say they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, but they don't attend church regularly. Uh, they're not a part of the local church community. But, but at Christmas time, they actually start to come out and check things out a little bit more. Uh, just like they do in Easter. They call them two-timers that they kind of, I want to, I think I want to get a little closer to God. You know, this Christmas, you know, it's the season. You kind of, you know the story of Jesus. You know, you see the nativity scenes all over the place. Uh, that is if they haven't banned them, right? And uh, it's good to see that kind of making a comeback in our, in our country. It's, it's good to see that, that people are kind of making, you know, happy holidays for the longest time. And then people are like, you know what, forget that. Merry Christmas, Right? They start coming out with a Merry Christmas again, and, and, and I love that, to see that, that resurgence, if you will. Um, sometimes we can get into a place where we, we feel like uh, our story is being uh, criticized or um, ostracized, if you will. Um, that's not a new thing, so you know as a believer. It's not a new thing. And you go back in the time of Jesus. Look, Jesus, when he was born, you know that it was not a popular thing for Jesus to come in that time. You know, he's about two years old. Matter of fact, Herod is trying to kill him. Any of you suffering someone trying to kill you for talking about Jesus? You see what I'm saying? Jesus, he, he had to face, right, a threat on his very life. And his mom and dad had to, to run off with him to Egypt. And, and if you think about it, they had to wait there until the Lord told them that they could come back, uh, of course, with, with, uh, with Jesus. Um. So, so when you think about the Christmas story, you see Joseph and Mary and Jesus right at the center of all of it. And as we talk about Advent hope today, that we have an expectation of God's hope, that, that for thousands of years they were expecting the Messiah to come, and there was a hope of that, that now we know he has come and we have a hope of his second return, but we celebrate his first return because the second one, the second advent is not possible without the first advent. Can you say amen? amen. So if, if, if you have this expectation, this hope of what is coming, there's something that lies in the middle of, of, of the coming itself, the manifestation of God's promise in that. There's something that, that lies in the middle of that. What is it? It's called the wait. Say wait. They had to wait. And think about it. They had to wait for thousands of years. Right now, we're, we're hitting around the, the little over the 2,000-year mark, right, on Jesus' promise or his second advent, that he would come again, that his second advent would come. And, and we're waiting on his return. But while we wait, and this is what he says, is that, that while we wait, we are to occupy until he comes again. We are to occupy, meaning that we are to share our faith and we're to live our faith out. If anything, uh, just like St. Francis of Assisi, that we, we it, it preach the gospel and if necessary, we use our words. Let your life speak that Christ is living in you and that you are living for Christ. Can you say amen? amen. And so what I want to do is I want to go ahead and read our story from Matthew 1 18, 18 through 25, which gives us the birth of Jesus, uh, lays out a, 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 a few of the um, happenings that were going on from, from the point of his birth and, and, and Mary and Joseph and all that was going on with regard to their relationship. You know, God kind of interfered in their life. They had plans. Say they had plans. They had plans, they had plans see? 
they, they, they were actually moving toward a day where they're, they're getting married. They were betrothed to one another. There was going to be a marriage feast. All those things were going to happen. And then Joseph and Mary, I'm quite certain they were going to have little babies. They're going to have children of their own, right? So they're, they're waiting for this moment. And God comes in and he puts that on hold and, and puts them in a, a longer wait for what they want to do with their life while he brings about what the world has been waiting for, again, for thousands of years. And that's what we're seeing take place, right? This is kind of the moment when all of that's coming to pass. Here we go. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, it means before they had intimate relationship together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away or divorce her secretly. But while he thought about these things, I want you to kind of see it as while he thought. So he didn't immediately do that. He, He waited to make that decision and he thought about these things. While he's waiting to actually carry it out about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then... Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her, didn't have intimate relationship with her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of complications going on in that passage. If that was your life and God just showed up and decided, hey, Let's kind of rearrange some things and let's do it this way. How many of us would be, how many of us at that moment would be like, this can't be God? I mean, men, come on, be honest. Your wife shows up and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And it, it was the Holy Spirit that did this. And that's why he was, had in mind to, to divorce her privately, being a just man. He didn't want more to bring shame upon her. See, love covers the multitude of sin, doesn't it? The point of that passage is to say this. Joseph's perception of what Mary told him is, my wife has done been sleeping around with another guy, and she's got a baby from that dude. So I'm going to divorce her. I'll be just. I, I love her. I'll let love cover the multitude of her sin, but I'm not going to marry her anymore. Do you get that? And then the angel of the Lord appears to him and gives him the instructions that, no, this is. By the way, I don't care what religion in the world, no other religion in the world, and we say that, not so much religion in Christianity as it is relationship. Do you get what I'm saying there? When you think about it, every other religion in the world, as they do define Christianity as a religion, every other religion in the world says you've got to do this to earn your place with God. In Christianity, God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to pay the price and earn your place back with me. Now, we might live out 
We might do uh, righteous works, if you will, in honor of who we're following, but those righteous works we do do not gain our merit with God. It is the work of God's Son that gives us merit with Him. Can you say amen? So Advent then means the coming, and if it's the coming, that means someone is waiting. If it's the coming, then someone is waiting. For us, we're waiting on the return of the Lord. For them, they were waiting on the coming of the Messiah. We celebrate this first Advent in the fact that so many years, the world waited upon the coming of Messiah, and he did come at Christmas time. Amen? This was the moment that God's creation had been waiting for. This was the moment that Mary and Joseph had been waiting for. This is what Christmas is all about. Taking the time. Write this down. Take the time to wait upon the Lord with expectation. Wait upon the Lord this Christmas season with expectation. What do you need God to do in your life this Christmas season? Not, well, you know, I want more and more presents, but what do you know? Relationship with God, relationship with others. Because remember, there's two commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. What do you need God to do where your relationships, relationship with Him and your relationship with others is concerned? Have an expectation that God's going to show up in the midst of that. I promise you that if you put that expectation out there and, and you hope for it, and you continue to expect that God's going to show up for you. I promise he'll do something special this Christmas season. But let me say this. How many of you will go and wait in lines to buy Christmas presents? How many went out on Black Friday? Be honest. Raise your hands if you went out on Black, 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 Black Friday. Not many of you. How many went to Amazon on Black Friday? <laughs> but you have to wait for that to show up to your house now, don't you? When you leave this parking lot, until they get this widened and they get all this fixed, you might have to wait to get out on the road to leave here, won't you? And oh, we need to get petition going. <laughs> we need to get them moving on this. I don't know too much in my life where I don't have to wait. You know, um, we might have a, a great Sunday, and I enjoy being with everyone, but I have to wait till the following Sunday to be with everyone who's coming out on a Sunday. I might see a person here and a person there, but to see all of God's people come together, I'm waiting until Sunday. There's an expectation of what God might do on that given Sunday. Here in a few moments, one of the expectations is that we'll see people take their next steps. Baptism being one of the greatest next steps that someone can take where the relationship with Christ is concerned. I have a great expectation to see people grow in Christ. This is one of the most fulfilling things to me because the scriptures say it's one of the most honoring things to God. Amen? So um, we have to wait, but while we wait, we can hope, right? So hope while you wait. Hope while you wait. You may be waiting on a miracle in your life. You might be waiting on a promotion. You might be waiting on a job. You might be waiting on a wife or you might be waiting on a husband. You might be waiting on your kids to... You know, to, um, I don't mean like waiting on them hand and foot, I mean waiting on them, right? You might be waiting on them to return to the Lord. You might be waiting on them to serve the Lord. There's waiting at every turn of our life. And there's such demand on our time 
that, that oftentimes I don't know that, that we give God his proper due, that we would wait upon him. Amen. But this is what it says in Lamentations 3 and 26. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. For the salvation of the Lord. Now, uh, in some of my prayer during the worship, I alluded to some of that. Um, salvation is not just that I'm saved, I, I have eternal life. Salvation is when Jesus died on the cross and saved us, then all the promises of God, all the blessing of God, uh, the miracles of God, you think of his healing power, his provision, all those things. When I said the names of God, and I normally do a series on that every couple years on the names of God, but God has so many times, he's Jehovah God, and Jehovah Jireh, the, you know, the Lord my provider, Jehovah uh, 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 Nisi, you know, the, the Lord, I think it's, let's see, Sid Canoe, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, uh, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace, uh, Jehovah uh, Rapha, right, Je- the Lord my healer, Jehovah Rofi, right, the Lord my what, can anybody say that one, my shepherd, isn't he our shepherd, God named himself for every provision, he gave, basically it's kind of like God, Jehovah, right, I'm Derek, say Derek, now say Sissel, all right, you know, names have a meaning. If you look your name up, it's got a meaning. So every time God, uh, if you will, tagged on another name, it was saying, I'm Jehovah, your provider, right? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. All of those things, but here, here's the interesting part about that. How many of you remember Abraham? Remember Abraham, right? God gave him a promise, isn't that right? He had to wait a little while on that promise. Can you say Amen. How many of you in your hundreds before you had a kid? And then that's when, you know, God shows up and says, hey, you're, you're going to have the, that kid now. You can keep him now. <laughs> I watch my grandkids sometimes. I'm like, Lord, I need a nap. You know, I'm, ha- I'm not even half of uh, Abraham's age, if you will. Let me move on. Hmm. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly. For the salvation of the Lord, wait means, according to Webster, to remain inactive or in a state of repose as until something expected happens. You know, sometimes we sing a song over, we'll sing a, uh, uh, like the bridge over and over, or we sing something over and over and over again, right? And when we do that, that's in repose. We're, we're waiting on God in the midst of that to do something. We're not adding to the thought. We're singing the same thing and we're glorifying God with that same thought and basically in repose, expectation of what God might do as we wait upon him. Also, uh, meaning to be available or in readiness. To be available or in readiness. To be available and ready requires us to be consistent in our waiting. That means we need to protect and keep hope alive. We've got to keep hope alive. If we, if we ever get into a state of hopelessness, what happens is, is there's very little that can be done. When a person's hopeless, one, they, they aren't in, in that state of expectation. They're not even looking for that to happen. They're stuck 
and oftentimes blinded by their situation and not looking for what might be coming. If, if you think about it, a person that's in a hopeless state uh, is given to despair, is given to depression, it becomes, becomes so uh, inward focused that they can't see anything that's going on around them. Everything becomes about them, amen? So if we're, if we're going to live with an a, um, expectant hope in life, then there's some things we need to do. The number one thing we need to do is to nurture hope. We've got to nurture hope in our life. If we're going to nurture hope, and you think about the birth of Jesus here, let me read this to you again at verse 18 through 20. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Underline afraid there. Do not be afraid. He's saying that because Joseph was afraid. Like, man, I can't take this woman under my... Everybody's going to... They know we're not married. They got kids going to come. They're going to do the math. And and they're going to (laughs) know. And just do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I submit this to you, that we have to nurture hope because hope has many obstacles. Joseph, he had a lot of obstacles in front of him. Would you agree with that? He had some serious obstacles in front of him. One, first and foremost, was the fact that he thought, well, Mary has been with another dude, so sorry, that one's, you know, off. The other thing is she already has a child, and, you know, people do the math and the timeline, and that doesn't line up when Mary and I get married and so on and so forth. And he's got all these, you know, opinions of what other people might think, all those kind of things, things that we all deal with, right? Listen to what Romans 5, 3 through 5 says. It says, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. How dearly God loves us. Think about that. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now think about, Joseph's got these obstacles And ultimately what it comes down to is that while he's feeling afraid, if you will, he's worrying about all all the situations that might come as a result of what he's been told, he gets a word from God that will help him overcome that obstacle, amen? We've got to nurture hope. And this is number two, because hope is vital to believe the impossible. How many would agree all of a sudden the angel shows up and tells Joseph to believe something that's impossible right listen to verse 21 and 23 again or through 23 and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the lord through the prophet saying behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which is translated god with us now joseph gets this download Mary's told him, right? 
he hears from Mary and he's thinking about divorcing her. And the angel comes and tells him and what happens. See, he, he, he didn't want to put her away publicly and shame her. He wanted to put her away privately. And, and I will say this, because he loved her. And think about what it's saying there, what I just read to you about the love of God. The relationship between hope and love is necessary, if you will, if hope's going to remain. Joseph's hope remained that, uh, you can imagine, like you're told this wild story, right? And there's got to be something, man, I hope, I, man, I'd love for that to be true. I mean, I hope Mary's not lying to me, but like this is impossible, man. And all of a sudden, God shows up. And I'm quite certain this is, this is what it comes down to. I'm sure that Joseph had a few conversations with God on his way home. And before he ever fell asleep and had that, that vision, I'm sure he had a few conversations with God. Like, God, this was not in the plan. This is not what I was, you know. And then God comes along and he basically does this. He unfolds and says, hey, Joseph, this wasn't in Mary's plan either. But what happened when the angel Gabriel showed up to her? She said, be it unto me according to your word. And she became pregnant. And Joseph also had to recognize God's word. Watch Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There's some things about God that we don't understand. There's some impossible things that God can, can do in our life. But if it's, if it, if it's going to ever be experienced, it's going to come as a result of us hanging on to hope. So we've got to nurture hope. Amen. Amen. Number three, because hope empowers me to do what God asks of me. Hope empowers me to do what God asks of me. Verse 24 through 25, look what Joseph does. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had uh, brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Romans, think about this, Romans 4.18 when there was nothing left to hope for, Abraham still hoped and believed. When there was nothing left to hope for. I'm 100 years old, man. We, there ain't no way we're going to have a kid. Sarah is beyond the years of childbearing. It's an impossible thing that can only happen where there's hope. Abraham is right in that same, he's in the same basic boat that Joseph was in. This is an impossible thing. How is that? that can't even happen. But Abraham hoped against all hope is what one translation. Abraham hoped against all hope. In other words, look, man, hope ain't getting nothing done for me because I'm beyond that age. But God, you're able to do the impossible. Therefore, I'm going to hope against hope. You see that? It says, uh, still believed. As a result, he became a father of many nations as he had been told. There's the promise. That is how many descendants you will have. God promised him he was going to have uh, like the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. And guess what happened? Exactly what God told him would happen, happened. What happened with Joseph? Exactly what God said would happen, happened. But it took hope to believe for faith to ever come to its full manifestation and see the promise in front of them. Can you say amen? As I finish up this morning, hope keeps me obedient while I wait on the promise to catch up. 
Now, when I say catch up, I don't mean that God's behind. Huh? How many have things in your life, you know, this is one of those old phrases I've heard it a hundred times and I've said it a hundred times. Many of you have ever had things in your life, situations in your life where God's missing a lot of opportunities to be early? God, I know you're always on time because the scripture said that God is always on time. He shows up, right? He's an ever-present help in your time of need. Yet I've been in moments of need where I'm like, God, where are you at? And I just want to say, God's not late. So when I say about the promise catching up, I'm not saying that God's behind. I'm saying that it takes the alignment of our hope and our faith. When that all connects, and let me say, and the motive of it is love. I can approach God at times, I don't know about you, and be so selfish about what I'm asking him for. You don't have to say him in there. I know you're in the same boat. We all have those moments. We're approaching God. And the thing is, is that we oftentimes think, think that God is behind and God's not behind. A lot of times it's that motive, as, as I read. And I want to read this passage to you again. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Listen to this again with what I have shared with you. We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. I'll stop there. That kind of hope will not lead to disappointment. And what we have to understand is, is that, that maybe we got to wait just a little bit. But we can hope as we wait. And nurture, keep nurturing that hope so that we don't give up. In Proverbs, the Bible says that hope deferred. Say this with me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what the Bible says. That our hope can get dashed to the point where our heart gets sick and we give up. That's why it's so important. To, to come together with other believers. It's why important to, it's important to have friends in your life that are going to help you nurture hope in your life because if you ever lose hope, then it's, it's almost impossible to experience God's promises if you don't have hope. If faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, then how can we ever get to the place of faith that brings a manifestation of what God has promised if we lose hope? We have to, have to, have to, saints, nurture hope in our life. And the psalmist said this in, in, in Psalm 16:9. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in your hope. Psalms 39 and 7. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. My hope, I don't think there's any better scripture to say it. What do I wait for? Okay, we can wait and hope, but what do I wait for? Am I waiting for some, you know, guru to come along and give me a solution that's outside of God and that's going to get me through? No, what do I wait? I'm not waiting for something else. I'm waiting for the manifestation of God's presence in my life because my hope is in him. It's not in my own ability. It's not in my own strength. My hope is in Christ. Amen. And you know what? As I close, there's no perf 
more perfect way, I don't think, to summarize all of this than to say that there are some folks today that are taking a step that is the result of placing their hope in Christ. And so I want to invite Thea Jensen, Caleb Fontenot, uh, Daniel uh, Montano, and Samantha Montano, and um, they're going to take the um, step of baptism this morning. Yeah.